everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have the privilege of bringing on again, Pia Beck, CEO and coach at Curate Wellco. Pia helps early aspiring and established entrepreneurs launch a life they love without burnout, crazy busy, or chronic chaos. So if you don't know, I had Pia back on the podcast in January and we were talking about all things goal setting for the upcoming year. So we thought it'd be a great idea. And after, you know, listening to all your feedback, bringing her on because we're about to get into Q2 of 2020 guys. And, um, I don't know about you, but I hear a lot from other entrepreneurs and other, just other people in the space that, you know, they, they establish these goals in, in January and they're so excited. And then once Q2 hits, it's kind of the the steam or the momentum maybe sizzles a little bit, you know? And so bringing Pia back, we're talking about what to do once you get to Q2 of 2020 and say you're not on track and what to do to reshift your mindset and the systems in your business to make sure that you are meeting those goals for 2020. So I'm thrilled to be able to bring on Pia Beck. All right. Hey, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have Pia Beck of Curate Well Co. on here. And if you listen to our episode back in January, she was on and she's really the powerhouse when it comes to goal setting and manifestation, visualization, and really just going after the life that you want. So I'm thrilled to have her back on the podcast again. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back. (laughs) So the the episode was such a remarkable one. And I've, you know, we've got so many messages on um, your work and for those that weren't able to join in on the first podcast, can you just describe, give us a little rundown of who you are, what you do and who you serve? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Pia, like you said, and I really help people at the intersection of work and life. So I help people close the gap between who they're who they are now and who they want to be. And that looks like first gaining clarity on what it is that you want. What do you want your work to look like? What do you want your life to look like? And then finding integration between those two things so that they can make each other possible. And then writing really powerful goals and really equipping you with the toolbox to get there. So we all start wherever we're at right now. And I really help people who just know there's something better out there, who are done on the self-doubt roller coaster, who know that they have something to contribute to the world and really need that system and structure and support to make that possible. Oh, I love it. I'm all about systems girlfriends. So right up my alley. (laughs) So the first episode, we really dug into number one, goal setting as a whole. You know, we were getting into, you know, 2020, a new decade. How do we set up these goals? What are the systems in place? And, and if you don't follow Pia, she produces some of the, the best content and workbooks and just the tools, like she said, on goal setting. Um, but one of the questions that we had that I really wanted to address on this episode is, you know, what, you know, you set these goals up in January, you're excited, you're, you know, you're fresh, you're motivated, you get these goals down and then January, which by the way, January feels like an entire year by itself. Um, (laughs) you know, you get, you start moving into Q2 and then you start to look back and say, okay, I'm not on track to finish these goals or even worse, you're halfway through the year. And then you say, I'm not going to get to these goals. So, so what do you do when you get clients that ask you that question or come to you in that phase? 
Yeah, totally. It's such a good question. And the first thing I always like to do is just acknowledge it. Like we're human, right? Mm -hmm. There are times when we meet our goals and there are times when we don't. And I can think of like eight examples (laughs) off the top of my head for each of those things for myself right now. And so the first thing I always like to say is it's okay. I think we put a lot of pressure on Mm -hmm. ourselves, especially in the realm that you and I operate in, where we know a lot of like really ambitious, high power people who are doing really amazing things. I think there's a lot of pressure to like meet your goals, keep meeting your goals, keep growing. And the first thing I like to do is just acknowledge like wherever you're at right now is, is perfect. You're right where you're supposed to be. And okay. Now that we got that, like come to Jesus moment out of the way, like let's look at like, why didn't you meet your goal? So mm-hmm. there's a couple things that I like to do. Um, the first thing I like to say is, you know, you're the author of your goals. So you get to edit, delete, add to them as you see fit. Once you set a goal, it's not set in stone. So I go back and edit my goals, um, usually on like a quarterly basis. And I recommend that all my clients do the same. Just look back and say, okay, which of these things did I do? Which did I not do? What did I struggle with? Of the things that I didn't do, is it because it's no longer relevant? Is it because there wasn't a proper system in place to support it? Is it because things have just shifted in my life? Like, like mm-hmm. let's just look like from a human lens and say, okay, like what's changed here? It's it's a dynamic process. So I think that's the first thing. And then from there, I like to look at more of like the strategic side. So Mm. like really digging into the KPIs, like, okay, at what point was there a failure in the system? Like what, what was the broken link that caused you to not meet this goal? And how do we dive into that and iterate on that and figure out a better solution? Oh, so good. I am all for the bottlenecks and I'm always for finding systems in place. So I love that. So what do you recommend? Because, you know, a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast, they are entrepreneurs of some sort, um, or they are starting their business. They're in the six figure, um, realm, you know, what do you recommend for like, for example, for myself, I'm always setting goals based off personal business goals. I mean, I have goals for kind of every area of my business in life. So how do you structure that? And how do you teach your clients to do that? Yeah, totally. So I like to set goals in three categories. So personal and then business, career, professional, whatever that looks like for you. Most of my clients are entrepreneurs as well. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the time that looks like business goals and then wellness and that's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental wellness, whatever that means to you. So those three categories. And then I like to set goals across a few time periods. So when I work with people, it's across a 90 day sprint. So we always set 90 day goals. Like what do you want to accomplish over the next quarter? And then one year, five year and 10 year. And so the goals look a little bit different in each of those time periods. And I think there's a ton of value in looking way far out to 10 years and claiming those goals now. So obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Things can change so much. And 10 years from now, I'm probably going to look back at my 10 year goals from today and be like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And though there's something really powerful about claiming your future now and saying right now in 10 years, I want this. And so, um, I love to write those long-term goals and, um, then you can kind of break it down and reverse engineer your way there. Mm -hmm. So I think there's value in kind of having that full spectrum, like you said, across all these different areas of your life and then across different time periods as well. Okay. Wow. 
I mean, that's incredible too, because I know you have such great tools on like how to actually break down those individual goals and wish if you hadn't signed up for her goal setting worksheet, do you still have that on the website? Oh, are- I don't, I don't think I do. Oh, you have to I make know, it a comeback. But, that thing okay. was great. I know early secret though. I've got something really amazing coming. That's going to be like so, so, so much better. So I kind of, I pulled that back for now and um, it's kind of like a slingshot thing and I'm going to launch something um, really incredible in um, mid-March. So like probably right around when this podcast is coming out, that's going to be like, just like an an absolutely incredible Uh, starting point for people. Stay tuned. She creates spreadsheets for you guys. I mean, come on, come on. So, okay. So you have these buckets of your goals and, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're busy, you're busy working in your business, you're busy working on your business. So you get to quarter two and you're like, dang it. Um, you know, I don't know what to do from here. So you're looking at the bottlenecks. Now from there, how do you assess it and how do you kind of pivot and I guess kind of either work from where you are to where you want to be? Like what are your recommendations when someone comes to you? Yeah, totally. I mean, I really think it depends on the situation and and I really think it's up to you. So the first thing I would say is like, what do you want? Like, Mm -hmm. do you still want the same thing you wanted when you originally wrote this goal? Now that you have more information and a whole quarter has gone by, do you want something different? Has this changed? Has this shifted? So let's just start there. And then after we have a sense of what you want, if applicable, I like to then cross check and say like, okay, is this realistic? So um, I'll give a perfect example. So this is a really um, quantitative example, which is going to make it easy to kind of understand this. Not all goals are, are quantitative like this, but this is a really good way to break it down. So in around like, I think it was like November-ish, I set a goal to hit 10,000 followers on Instagram by January 1st. And that was a stretch goal for me. I was like, if I pull this off, this is going to be like one for the books. And I was at around uh, maybe like 7,000 followers then. So it was it was significant. And um, side note for me, it was like not about the number. Um, it was about just mm-hmm. like the community. And um, my, my 10-year goals are to have like a national reach. And so Mm -hmm. really just like, like I said, like I'm claiming that goal now, like laying the groundwork for that. So, um, I worked really hard to meet that goal. I had some really big wins along the way and I didn't meet it. And so in January, I sat down and was like, okay, like, do I still want this goal? Does this still matter to me? Yes. For X, Y, and Z reasons. And then I'm like, okay, well, why didn't I meet it? Like, let's dig into the data a little bit and figure out like, where was the bottleneck? Like what didn't work? Mm. And so I kind of pulled back and was like, okay, there's a couple different things happening on my Instagram. I've got hashtags. I've got the content. I've got the engagement that I'm doing. Yeah. I've got like the actual like story trainings, posts, whatever. And I kind of broke all of that down and was like, where is there room to improve? And so I got super systematic and super granular and really focused on the things that I wasn't doing a good job at before that I knew now were going to make the difference so that I could accelerate to that point. And so that looked like lots of spreadsheets because I'm a spreadsheet person. (laughs) It looks like lots of like dropdowns and codifying and just getting like super, super clear on like what is not working now that I know I'm a yes for this goal. And since in the last month, Um, I gained almost a thousand followers in January and I was able to outsource some of that. So I have some help now. And what made it really easy to outsource was that I had done all of that digging and just got like super, super clear on like, what do I need help with? And so I was able to package that up and, you know, loop somebody else in to support me. 
on the back end oh in some gosh. of those ways. And so I haven't hit the goal yet. However, I was able to break down some like really specific KPIs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that made a really big difference is like, what do I need to be doing daily, weekly, and monthly to hit this goal as soon as possible? Oh, that's so great. And the content that you've been putting out too, on another hand, has been so amazing, by the way. Thank so you. Amazing. Thank you. Pro um, tip for all the entrepreneurs out there on social media, make a spreadsheet, look at what, like which posts are performing really, really well and go find or make more of those. And that's something that I get so many questions on as well is, you know, like how do you keep track of, you know, your social media efforts, right? You know, Instagram is changing by the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Instagram algorithm changes. So like having these goals and these KPIs are just so important, especially that example is such a good one because I feel like there's a lot of people who are listening, who are trying to grow their audiences and thinking of like, how do I do it? There's just so many moving parts to social media. Totally. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of spreadsheets. I've got like a master spreadsheet with a bunch of different tabs for kind of like each component of what happens on my social media platforms. And honestly, I take a super systematic approach. Like I am all about authentic connection. Like every DM that anybody gets from me on Instagram is from me. Like I am really working hard to keep that human element in that platform. And for my own boundaries and my own mental health, I really take like a super systematic approach to like how much time I'm spending per day on Instagram. And during that time, like, what am I doing? That's moving the needle the most. Oh, that's so great. I forgot who said it the other day. Um, it was create more than you consume. Right. And that's something you just have to be so mindful of when you're on social media. That's such a good Um, tip. I love that. Uh, yeah. So I've been trying to live by that. <laughs> but in terms of this year, I'd love to kind of switch gears a little bit here and talk about like, what are some of the bigger goals for you that you're working on? Because um, for those that don't know, Pia last year produced this insane, insanely beautiful, but just, you know, insane experience. I can't, there's no even words to describe it. Um, so she did a wellness retreat in, where is it? Beckenridge? Breckenridge. Yeah. Breckenridge. Yeah. So she did that last year. Um, and walk us through it like really quickly, like what was the event again? What was the purpose? And do you have anything planned like that for 2020? Oh, such a good question. So I led a three day retreat in Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm based out of Denver right now. So, um, it's about hour and a half, two hours outside of Denver in the mountains. And I led a really intimate retreat focused on self. So, strengthening, establishing, and leveraging your sense of self, Mm -hmm. your intuition to access freedom was the theme of the retreat. And, you know, we had all the normal retreat things. We had amazing food, we had yoga, we had meditation, and it was really very much focused on this set coaching curriculum though, and helping everyone who was there really tap into their intuition, which is something that all of us possess and is kind of just like a muscle that needs to be strengthened. You need to exercise it. You need to strengthen it. And then it becomes more of a guiding presence in your life. So Mm -hmm. we focused on that. It was absolutely incredible. And I am planning another retreat. Um, right now I'm thinking May of 2020, I'm going to have all the final details for that done by the end of February. So, um, about like finishing up all those details in the next couple of weeks. And I'm super excited. I'm going to blow it way up and invite Mm -hmm. a bunch of my friends in to do what they're experts at. So breath work, meditation, massage, acupuncture, it's going to be a whole big party. 
guys, you know where you're going in May. <laughs> Come to Denver. <laughs> Come hang out with me. Ah, oh, I love it. And that's something that um, it's so funny that you just said intention because that's my word of the year is being mm. intentional, being intentional with my time, with my energy, with my resources. Um, and I, and I love that because when you really like, kind of like look inwards, you really find kind of like your next step when you really lean into that and lean into that feminine energy. And I'd love to kind of like, you know, really dig a little bit deeper on intention because that is something that's just so important to me. And it's so important to the audience as well. You know, how do you know you're on the right path? Right. You know, like give us some words of wisdom around that with intention. Totally. And I think that that's just such an important factor of goal setting. So many people come to me and they're like, is this a good goal? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? It's your goal. Right. So I think that there is so much to be said for being really intentional about how you set your goals and letting your intuition really guide you in that. And just cross-checking all the goals you write with yourself. And I like to use my body sensations to do that. Like I can tell if I'm a yes or a no in my body. And so after I write a goal, I will literally read it out loud and just see how my body responds to it. And then I know if I'm a yes or a no for that goal. And you have to write your goals from a place of yes. It has to be your goal. You have to want it. And though a lot of the time we write our goals from a place of like should or comparison or fear. And so Mm -hmm. being able to like really turn inward and have that intuition and that intention to set goals that feel right to you is going to make or break the entire process. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's such a, such a big thing too, is just like comparing yourself and kind of the, I should, um, you know, one of the most common things that I do see, especially in the online coaching space is like hitting the 5k, hitting the 10k months. And it's just, you just think that, especially for the newer people that are on here, you know, you just think that you have to have that right out of the gate. And it's like, no, you're at your own pace. Like stay in your lane. And that's something that I always try to push people. And you just like remind people that you are your own story. Like you don't need to be comparing yourself to, you know, the next person because you don't know what they, what they did to get there, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think if you write goals, if you have like a really clear 10-year vision and you write goals from a place of yes for you, that's something that's so powerful to lean back on when comparison creeps in. Because we're all very online, right? Comparison Mm -hmm. is going to happen. And one thing that helps me so much when I start, when I feel myself start to compare is to like drop into my 10 year vision, look back at it, look at my goals and say, okay, is what I'm doing serving that? Am I yeah. serving my one, five, 10 year goals right now? And if the answer is yes, it doesn't really matter what anybody else is doing. They have different goals. Yeah. And that's one thing also with me too. Um, I just really just started mapping out those like five and 10 year goals because sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to think that far out. Like you said, just to think of, okay, 10 years from now, what am I going to be doing? Who am I going to be with? Or how much income am I going to have in my business? (laughs) Things like that. Um, but it's been so interesting because I find myself as well. And I feel like others probably are feeling the same where everything that I do now, it's almost like, every decision I make, I compare against those goals. I'm like, is it getting me one step closer to that vision? Is hanging out with this person getting me one step closer to this goal? You know, and you start to really reflect and, and make decisions now that are, you know, ultimately leading you through to those five and 10 year goals. 
Yes, 100%. And I mean, you totally, you just beautifully described it, which yeah. is you have to have the goals so that you can make the decisions that get you there. Mm-hmm. And you also have to know what those goals are so that you can make the decisions to get you there, right? Yeah. They, they feed into <laughs> each other. And um, it is such a powerful way to think. And of course, there's, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And most of the people that I work with struggle at first to form those five and 10 year goals. And again, yeah. the, the place to start is just like, you can bypass all of those logistics, right? In the short term. And so sure, maybe you want to be making a certain amount of money and without knowing how much money that is, like just leave that detail out. Like, what do you want in five years? Like assuming the best case scenario, what's your plan A? Yeah, exactly. And I think also, you know, some people think that those goals, like you said, should be just monetary. Like I want to be, be a millionaire in five years, 10 years, whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's so much more than that. And it's like, it's like, what does your lifestyle look like? You know, do you, do you see yourself, you know, traveling in first class tickets on planes, or do you see yourself traveling abroad as a, you know, um, digital nomad? Like what, what's your thing? And I think that's been the biggest thing as well is leaning into, I think also, um, Kara from the champagne diet does such a great, um, uh, way of describing this also is like, if you do want materialistic things also, that's your own, right? Like you totally lean into it, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm so with you on that. So let's just kind of go into like, what are some of the bigger things happening with Curate Wellco? Walk us through that. What are the big things that we should be kind of waiting for? I'm excited. Yeah, totally. So I think the biggest thing happening in my business this year is that I'm hiring a team. And um, again, going back to goal setting, it's so important to have clear goals if you're planning on hiring people at any point. Of course. Because you're going to have to enroll those people in what you're doing, right? Ideally, they come from your community. They've been following along on your journey. They're already somewhat enrolled. And being able to sit down with them and say, like, here's my vision. This is what I want to have happen over the next one, five, ten years is going to get them so on board for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a really big goal for me in 2020 is to build out a team. And that is like you were saying, just going to totally transform my lifestyle. My business is so much of my life and it's so important to me. And ultimately I'm in like the lifestyle business, right? I have people build businesses that support their lifestyle and vice versa, lifestyle that supports your business and like the two work together. And so that's something that I'm working through right now as well. So that's so exciting. And, um, in the more, I guess around the same, I was going to say in the more immediate future, but really on the same timeline is that I am going to be offering a new way to work with me that I, my intention is just to be able to help so many more people and Mm -hmm. to make my services really accessible, um, both in price point and technology wise. And it's going to be, um, just kind of the next evolution of Curate Wellco so that I can expand my reach and help all of the amazing people out there accomplish their goals. So that is something to look forward to as well. Uh, so, and you know what, if you do not follow Pia, you should, because I have to say you are the, one of the most authentic individuals, even like online, offline, like you're the same person. Like you really, really are. And I really appreciate that and admire that about you because the way that you show up online is the same way that we're talking now. And the same way we were talking before this, this podcast even started recording. So I truly love that about you. And you really just, you really show up and are consistent and authentic with your audience. So you do such a great job. Um, thank you so much for saying that. That's like the best (laughs) compliment that I can possibly imagine. 
Yeah, no, it's, and I really mean that. Um, so tell us again, for those that were not listening before, where can they find you? How can they follow you, engage with you? Yeah, absolutely. So easiest way to find me is on Instagram at curatewellco, all one word, all lowercase. And um, like you said, I'm, I'm kind of constantly posting content there, whether it's a how-to carousel or a pop-up training on stories. I try to show up powerfully every single day to provide really concrete values. So that's mm-hmm. the best way to get in touch with me right now. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy you were on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. I love these conversations and I'm just so excited to see everything that the Thrive Society does in terms of their goals. Likewise, thank you. 